Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. It appears that our uh, crosstalk conversation has spilled over to Twitter with a few people chiming in here about Sean Berstow's minutes and the impact that he's making on the court. And joining us once again for a little crosstalk on the fan is Michael Phelps. What's going on, MP? Every game I pick up a box score. It says 34 minutes, 34 minutes, 34 minutes. Just, those are valuable minutes, man. I, well, I haven't heard who you would like those minutes to be given to. I, I would like I would like Bama still to have more minutes. I would like Nelson, JNL, Jason Nelson to have more minutes. Uh, I don't, I'm not sold that I want Michael Bell to have more minutes at this juncture because of the offensive liability, mm-hmm. but if he could start shooting, I'm on board. My argument would be if you give Barstow less minutes, the, I don't think they're going to Bam. I think they're going to Kwani, Kwani, or Michael Bell. Uh, if you want Bam and Nelson getting more minutes, I think you have to play Max Scholga less, and I'm actually on board for that. I will be, I will champion Sean Barstow. I'm in on the bear. I love Max Scholga, but I would be okay with giving him less minutes for a guy like Jason Nelson, for a guy like Joe Bamisil, let them have a chance to put up some shots because Shoga is really putting them up. And at times, I will say, feels like the ball stays in his hands too long. Other people, it, it's hot. They keep it moving. You know, he puts the ball on the ground and sometimes he's dribbling into nowhere for about five or ten seconds. I know the possession you're talking about, and I've got it playing in my head yeah. right now. Yeah, where he, he just keeps dribbling with it. I, I get the sense that, that Shulga's not going anywhere just because of his knowledge uh, of the Ryan Odom system. It, it, Ryan Odom wants to make sure this ball's going to get up the court and a good decision-maker and facilitator in his offense is going to be available. Hopefully that's a situation where down the line you can say, okay, you know, that other people know the system well enough to, to get in and do that. I don't think he trusts him well enough right now. I, I don't even think it's as much about the system as much as it is at their peak, at their ceiling. He knows Shulga gives them the best opportunity to score the ball, and he wants to have the best offense. Now, he's had to make lineup changes because of defense, and, and that's been the issue, really, that we talked about on the podcast yesterday, Black Gold Fan Pod, is we've had this up and down where we play great offensively and then no defense, and then we play great defensively and no offensively. When are we going to put it together? It's a real head-scratcher, right? Because it's it's the NFL thing, right? Every game's decided by inches. The offensive games have been decided by one or two missed shots. Yeah. The defensive games were decided by one or two possessions where Mason didn't score down the stretch. Like they're, but It's not like you got to stick with one or you got to stick with the other. It does feel like the answer is still somewhere in the middle. Uh, you mentioned Christian Furman. I don't quite know what to make of him yet. We've seen limited action. I still see a lot of promise. I don't know that I see an A-10 ready guy to to anchor that that post right now but uh, I do think he's coming along nicely so yeah. I, I, mixed opinions I mean I, I did make the argument um a few weeks ago I do think we're a little bit soft inside all right I, I hate to say that because you know people no, think oh, you're soft to... inside but look Chad Venning beat us up he's a big body yeah. uh Christian Furman is definitely improving but I don't know that he is an A10 starting center Toby Lawal is Absolutely a starting center in this league here with his athletic ability, but he doesn't have the strength sometimes. And, man, there was there's there's points where Toby Lawal, in my opinion, is almost unplayable because he jumps for every fake. And we saw it against St. Bonaventure time after time where 
you know, the guard would drive and do a little pump fake, and Toby would jump, and then he handed it off to the center. Same thing happened at, against Mason at times, where he wants to block every shot. You can't try to do that. We also really saw Mason crack down on the alley-oop. They blocked a couple of yep, those. They, yep. they they were queuing in on that. Like, they, the film study is out. The tape is out on that play. I don't know if they saw a signal or a sign or something, but they were ready when that happened. That diminishes a little bit of Toby Lowell's effectiveness because that's such a big play at home to get an alley-oop, to get a monster dunk where he's like dunking to the ceiling and then throwing it back down, uh, you know, to to not get those, to have those blocked can be just as much of a momentum killer the other way. Uh, it's what's the deal? Remember the thing like you make a Thanksgiving dinner, you have $15 to spend, right? Yeah. Like all the good stuff's $7 and then for like a dollar, you can get like all the cranberries you want. It, it feels like that's VCU's roster, right? Like we've got a lot of $3 players here. Yeah. A lot of guys who are like, you you name a guy, and I'll tell you something I love about him. There's not a person on that box score. I got the box score in front of me here from Mason. There's not a person who played minutes who I can't say something really nice about. Like, I love this aspect of this guy's game. But I also feel like you you say any name, I'm going to say, like, this guy struggles at blank. We, yeah. we don't have a complete... Wodum's just picking his strengths and picking his weaknesses. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing 10 deep and uh, played 9 against Mason. Uh, no Fats Phillips, no Rose Wheeler. A guy that I wanted, uh, I want to see more playing time throughout the season is Jason Nelson. He had those two big plays, driving to the basket, uh, getting layups, one before half, one uh, in the second half. His three-point shooting this season has been unbelievable. And I- I've said multiple times, my favorite lineup is... Jason Nelson, Zeb Jackson, Max Shulga, Bearstow, and Toby Lawal. I'm just intrigued by Nelson, Jackson, and Shulga. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is that sustainable in an A-10 run? I get why you like it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not confused on that. Is that sustainable in an A-10 season? I don't know. Yeah, it's um it's gonna be hard for those guys to really lock down defensively because you know most of the time there's going to be a size mismatch with those three yeah. guards on the court together. Uh, and, and this is going to be an interesting game against LaSalle because they have really good guard play. Uh, we broke that down on the podcast yesterday. Brickus is the point guard, uh, the leader for LaSalle. He does a great job of getting into the paint, keeping his dribble alive, setting up his teammates. So uh, the Rams are going to need some good guard play. But I, I do think you know the theme for the season has to be Hey, are we going to get consistent play from the front court? And that includes Sean uh, Barristow. But for me, it's more about Furman and Toby Lawal and how they are going to play throughout the season here. We, we need those guys to just get a couple easy buckets. I mean, so many times in college basketball, you're grinding out a game. You've got to hit a shot with a you know guy's hand in your face. But you need a couple layups and dunks to ease it out. You know? Man, every A-10 game has just been, you know, oh, it, it's so tense. It's coming down to the wire. Across the league, not just VCU's A-10 games, oh, yeah. but all of them. I'd, I'd love to see a game where we put some distance on a team or VCU it gets that lead, extends that lead. Maybe at the four-minute timeout, we're not talking about, like, boy, this is going to come down to the last second. Absolutely. So this is Crosstalk with Michael Phillips. MP on the mic can be heard from 10 to noon right here on 910 The Fan. And... About five weeks ago, we made an NFL bet after Jack Del Rio was fired and I returned from Orlando. The commanders chose to have Ron Rivera run the defense. And immediately I said, well, the defense is not going to get any better. Ron Rivera is a dinosaur. And as bad as I thought Jack Del Rio was, I thought Ron would be worse. And Michael came in here very confidently. You said, no, he's going to simplify things, right? He's going to simplify things. None of this rings a bell. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing the fifth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember any of this. 
<laughs> I they were the thirty second best defense in football yeah. out of thirty two. How how could they have gotten worse? How could sure, they have gotten worse? Surely so, they would get better. We had guests that said this is a bad bet, Adam. Yeah, they're at the bottom. They right. can't get worse. They oh, can't get oh, worse. Pe- pe- Everyone said that. people were riding you hard. Oh yeah, America had my side when <laughs> they, the bet they was did. Made. And, and now Stubb always had my back. I though. did. I, he I, said, "What'd you say? Look at the schedule." Yeah, that's exactly what I said. It was like our hardest offensive schedule <laughs> was in the last five weeks. I never understood why Michael made the bet. Yeah. Is Stubb entitled to host my show now? Is that like <laughs> I, I, I got to be pretty? He, now, he can stuff. definitely rib you. you yeah. know, he, can, he can definitely jab you for the for the rest of the NFL season. He's got bragging rights. For sure. Uh, so the conclusion of the bet will come with Neil Greenberg, the stat geek and expert statistician for the Washington Post. He'll join us next here, and um, he so will I, pick a winner. Yeah, I just want to be clear. I'm not doing push-ups today. We'll have a push-up day. We'll schedule it for next week. Right. Um, You're not doing push-ups today. I don't think I'm doing push-ups ever. <laughs> it's hard to argue, but this this is a system. We live in a proper country of we laws do. and order. Uh, and and Judge Green Neil Greenberg is putting on his robe right now. He will preside, and he he will render a verdict. Yeah. What are a couple court terms, Stub? What do I need? To, I I need my mom to call in. She's the <laughs> objection. lawyer. Objection. That's yeah. a good one. I was gonna say maybe this could be like an opening ceremony for the producer to Cathalon. Maybe or a halftime show. Well, the thing is, Michael's being very soft spoken right now. He's hiding it. I know. As soon as. <laughs> Neil comes on. Objection, sir! <laughs> Objection! The commanders were 19, blah, blah, blah. He's going to have it ready. He's going to be ready. Watch. This is this is how it works. He's a newspaper guy, yeah, all he right? He's going to have the facts Well, I'm just, you know, screaming into a microphone. I'm going to end up doing push-ups. I know it. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about. See? <laughs> see this? He, he's got stats. He's yeah. got stats ready to pull. I can see in his eyes. All right. Neil Greenberg, General Greenberg in the AWOD Army coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for Hokie Sports. David Cunningham covers Virginia Tech for Tech Sidelines. He'll talk to us about that big Hokies basketball win over Clemson last night. That'll be at 2 p.m. We'll talk a little commanders on the commander's corner at 1.30. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug cleaning hotline. General Greenberg in the AWOD Army. Neil Greenberg from the Washington Post. What's going on, Neil? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I am sitting here alongside my coworker, Michael Phillips. Michael, thanks for sticking around. Great to be talking to you. Absolutely. So, Neil, so the bet was would the Washington Commanders defense improve after Jack Del Rio was fired? Now, that was because of the debacle of a game on Thanksgiving where the commanders just got their butt whooped. I mean, people were, you know, Michael, people keep talking about how embarrassing it was that Dak was eating the turkey, the turkey leg, leg on the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, they just clowned us. Well, and Tommy DeVito the week before, it was a bad, bad two-week stretch. Yeah, it was a bad two-week stretch. It leads to Jack Del Rio being fired. So we put 50 push-ups on the line. All right. So, uh, Neil, you are our, our judge in this bet here. Would you like to uh, make an opening statement? I would. Um, someone's going to be very wrong. 
All right. Shall, shall I address the yes, court first? Yes, you should I, address the uh, address the judge here. The, the honorable and the audience. The yes. honorable judge. The, the audience can be um, the jury, right? So if you want to chime in, if you're listening well, right now, eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. The judge still makes the final call, but the jury can weigh in. It's not how court works at all. But uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to push it. It's how radio court works. All right. <laughs> we want audience interactions. All right. Eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. If it may please the court, uh, the the Washington defense was terrible under one Jack Del Rio. I think everybody can agree on that. Dex eating the turkey leg. Tommy DeVito scoring touchdowns. Turns out Tommy DeVito's not even good. He might not have even known how to play football before that game. (laughs) Ron Rivera takes over, and I will grant you that the next week when they played the Miami Dolphins, things didn't go as smoothly as Coach Ron Rivera might have wanted to. Uh, I, I, I just they, they gave up a lot of points. Things didn't go well. But they had a bye week. And after that bye week, thanks in large part to the Rams not caring about putting up a 50-burger, they only scored 28 points against this defense. The next week against the New York Jets, I'll just assume they did great because the Jets stink. I didn't watch that game. I'll just assume they held the Jets <laughs> to about three points. Uh, the Niners, look, the Niners is always going to be a, a slog, a bit of an uphill climb, but they finished against the Dallas Cowboys, and I'd just like to say, for the benefit of the court, that was Sam Howe's fault. That has nothing to do with Ron Rivera. I rest my case. All right, I'll, I'll make my <laughs> argument here, and I'll make it uh, short and sweet, Neil. This is a commander's team that, after the loss to the Cowboys, continued to lose five more games. Previously, they had four wins on their record. On the schedule, they held the Cardinals to 16. All right, They held the Falcons to 16. They held the Patriots to 17. All of the games after Jack Del Rio was fired, the defense never had a stop like that, never had a game where they helped the offense out, And they won. They were never victorious again for the rest of the season. And, oh yeah, that Rams game, the most wide-open touchdown in the NFL season, Cooper Cup. Against the Jets, a terrible quarterback goes for 300 yards. The 49ers could have scored 50, and the Cowboys took their foot off the gas and only ended up with 38. I'd like to introduce a bonus piece of evidence here. I've got here, I've got, this is my advanced analytics site. Before the firing of Jack Del Rio, there was a comment saying that the January 6th incident at the Capitol was a dust-up. Hey, objection! Si- since- Obje- relevance? <laughs> Neil, relevance? Since Are you Jack- kidding me? Since Jack Del Rio left, t- statistically speaking, again, I've got access to this, Zero comments referring to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. <laughs> Something to keep in mind. Woo, okay, order in the court. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I've heard both arguments, um, and it is true. The Washington defense was actually the second worst in the league under Jack Del Rio. I mean, it, they allowed 2.4 points per drive. Um, they only forced a three and out about 28% of the time. Um, when you look at like how many more points opponents scored, um, opponents were scoring about four more points per game than you would expect based on the down distance and field position of each play against them with Jack Del Rio. Um, and you know what? No one would fault you if you would say like, okay, it can't possibly get any worse. They're already you know near the bottom. Um, it got way worse. Like it got <laughs> completely off the rails worse. Um, they are allowing 2.9 points per drive in the five games under Rivera, only forced to three and out less than 15% of the time. Opponents were actually scoring almost seven points a game more than you would expect, um, which is just uh, uh, an unsightly number, um, wow. especially for a, 
for a guy that comes from the defensive part. Um, by any reasonable defensive metric, both traditional and, and non-traditional, this defense got way worse with Ron Rivera, you know, finally getting back to coaching and not managing anymore. Um, it was a, a truly spectacular decline, um, <laughs> considering where they were, right? I mean, like, like I said, you would think, you know, it can only get better because it couldn't get much worse. Well, it got a lot worse. I feel like this is the last scene of uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> I award you no points, and yeah. they got have mercy on your uh, soul. Judge you can't Green- handle the truth. <laughs> Judge Greenberg, I- I'd like to call a witness to the stand. Uh, Stubb, Cri- Christopher Carlson, uh, producer of AWOD Radio. Um, you're, my, you're my witness here. You've watched these games. The eye test. Uh-huh. The defense... Got worse from what I saw, right? Like watching the game, it felt like guys were more open. It felt like opposing teams were running for more yards. It felt like they were getting down the field easily the final five weeks of the season. I think that only one of these five games need to be brought up. And it's the one that Michael seems to have forgotten to speak about. And it's when we took on the number 32 ranked offense and they put up 30 points. And that is the New York Jets. I I don't think we need more evidence than that. Trevor (laughs) Simeon, 217 yards and a touchdown pass. They also ran 464, Michael. I plead temporary insanity. That's that's interesting. Remove him from the court. Yeah, yeah. Would you? Do you have any witnesses you'd like to call to the stand? I don't. I I mean, Ron Rivera for his entire career was a respected defensive mind, and then apparently forgot everything he knew about defense for five entire weeks. Uh, It's. I could say this as a sports talk radio host. I'm really glad they're picking number two in the draft. I think we got the correct outcome here. Uh, We've got a competent GM here, Peters. Cunningham, I love them both, both from great traditions. I'm super optimistic about the future. Not thrilled about 50 push-ups. Uh, I got to say, I haven't, haven't exactly been putting in the uh, putting in the arm work uh, like maybe I needed to. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Ron Rivera, I guess he would claim that he was babysitting for years, and because of that, you know, his defensive adjustments weren't the same. Well, he did say, right, I managed for three and a half years, right. and then I coached for half the season, but the, it turns out the coaching was, was not great either. I, I unfortunately do agree with the Honorable Judge Greenberg. Uh, there, there, was, there was never a chance that this was going to be close. Uh, they, they regressed big time. It was a, it, one of the toughest four-week stretches of football I've watched. Michael, at what point in this bet did you know you were screwed? You know, I I knew that I I knew they'd lose to the Dolphins by a lot. Like yeah. we all understood that. But then there was the bye week, and I thought maybe they come out of the bye week with a little spunk. Uh, we'll get we'll, we'll just, spunk. Uh, spunk. We'll get Neil's thoughts. I mean, I did you say stunk or spunk? <laughs> uh, you know, I I think the Rams uh, seem to be a trendy pick this week. Do I? I maybe underestimated the Rams early in the season. Uh, they could play some ball, and uh, certainly when the Niners still had that bye week on the line and knew they could pop the champagne with Michael Scott's TV there in the FedEx yeah. locker room. We we were toast before kickoff. All right, Judge Greenberg, uh, just to recap here, uh, what is your final decision for the court case Phillips versus Epstein? V. Yeah, V. v. Phillips v. Epstein. <laughs> Phillips, drop and give me 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love that. General Greenberg, thanks so much for chiming in and being the judge on this push-up bet. All right, talk to you guys soon. Good luck. Bye.
He may not talk to me soon. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I may die of cardiac arrest. I, we, don't, we don't know. I need to get some Gatorade or something. Yeah, so what is your plan here? So you have to do 50 push-ups. All right, let's pick a day next week. Um, I, I want, like, a physical trainer in here. Okay. Uh, like, a, like an actual, like, licensed person. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empty my, empty my Rolodex tonight. We're going to pick a day next week. We'll get, like, a physical trainer in here, somebody who can, you know, really give me the ins and outs of, of the push-ups. I and, love that uh, because when I saw your producer do push-ups – the form was so incorrect. I don't trust JC to to judge these yeah. fifty push-ups. Um, I I would love to do them consecutively. Um, I, I think I'm going to settle for doing them though. But like you're going to have to stop. Like it's you know how when you go to the gym they always say uh, lift until failure, right? Yeah. Like like oh, when you bench press, you have to you have to push up till failure. I I'm either going to puke or do fifty push-ups. Yeah. it's whichever comes first. Yeah, or Absolutely. pass that, out. That's my. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that would be good radio. <laughs> that was right. Somebody call an emergency. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll uh, we'll fire up the YouTube stream that yeah. day. If let, you let if see. you pass out, you are unconscious, and somebody needs to give you mouth to mouth. All right, is that going? Is that stub? Is that JC? <laughs> what are you selecting here? I, I, I was a lifeguard. Oh I really? Say, oh. I, 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 my certifications run out, but I was CPR certified multiple times. <laughs> Sounds like he wants to make out with you. <laughs> this, guy, this guy does it all. Yeah, I know. This guy does it all. I love all right, it. All right. uh, George says uh, should have been summary judgment to AWOD Radio. We didn't <laughs> didn't even need the segment. But that describes most of the segments I do yeah. on my show. Oh, so. that was pretty good. Oh man, so the push-ups bet has come to a close. Michael Phillips owes AWOD fifty push-ups on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. I'm fired up for NFL Wild Card Weekend. I guess they're calling it Super, Super Wild, Card, Wild Weekend. Card Weekend. With two games Saturday, three on Sunday, and then concludes with Monday Night Football. I was just talking to some NFL on our sister station, Mix 98.1. Uh, so that was kind of fun, popping nice. into Kat, Kat Simon's show there. And so uh, it's always cool to, you know, be on multiple radio stations here at Odyssey Richmond. And, uh, of course, they play some great music, and we do some good sports talk here on The Fan. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, talk a little Packers, it is Mike Spofford. What's going on, Mike? Not too much. How you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good here. Let's recap this season as a whole um, for the Packers. Going into the season, what were the expectations? Was it to make it into the postseason? I don't know if anybody really had expectations at all other than the expectation that a really young offense with a first-year starting quarterback and a bunch of young guys at wide receiver and tight end and some on the offensive line, as it turned out, was you know going to grow and develop together and was going to look like a much better team at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season. And that is exactly how it played out on the offensive side of the ball. It just so happened, I think, that it worked out with that seventh playoff spot and some other you know things that happened that knocked some other teams down a peg. That the Packers were able to uh, were able to secure that that seventh seed and they get a chance to continue their season. Yeah, and, and it's a great point. I mean, it's all about how you're playing towards you know December and January, the end of the season, uh, and this is a Packers team that went on a three-game win streak, lost two, and then won three more, so uh, six wins in their last eight games. But let's go back to that four-game losing streak to the Lions, Raiders, Broncos, and Vikings. 
what went wrong in those four games there in that stretch of the season? Well, mostly, I would say, other than, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start with this. Mostly, it was it was the offense just not being able to get anything going. I mean, it wasn't even just a matter of not being able to score any points early in games. The the first half scoring numbers were were way down, but it was even a struggle just to get a first down, just to be able to move the chains, to even be able to put two first downs together in a row. I mean, the offense was really really going through a rough patch and um, despite that um, the defense played well enough in the games against the Raiders and the Broncos to uh, to give the Packers a chance to win both of those games on the road um, but then the offense still failed at when the offense got going in the second half got them back into the game but then on the final drive you know when you have when you have the chance for those final points the offense failed and they came up short the the Lions games and the the Lions game and the Vikings game, in that losing streak, um, the defense also didn't play well at all. Um, Kirk Cousins just uh, completely carved up Green Bay's defense with uh, with a number of third and long conversions in the game against Minnesota. And um, Detroit, quite honestly, played one of its best games of the year that Thursday night game in Week Four at Lambeau Field. They were uh, they definitely sent a message that night that uh, that they would be the team to beat in the NFC North, and, and that turned out to be true as they won the division title. So mostly it was the offense, but there were some pretty big defensive breakdowns in that losing streak as well. We're joined by Mike Spofford right now. He is the editor for Packers.com. Follow him on social media at Mike Spofford as the Pack travel to AT&T Stadium, Arlington, Texas, to take on the 12 and 5 Dallas Cowboys and look I'll be rooting for you for the pack I, I I want them to win this game Cowboys though are 8 no at home the spread right now is Dallas minus 7 over under at 50 and a half and look I, I want to claim that this Dallas team is overrated and the Dak Prescott's not that good but man uh, the statistics are in Dak's favorites here favor here uh, 4500 yards passing 36 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Uh, that's where he's really improved this season. The touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, it was one of those things where last year he was turning the ball over so much and he couldn't complete the short passes out of the backfield to the running back. And uh, I do think that they thought they were going to get more from Tony Pollard this year as the lead back, but it's not like he had a bad season, still got over a 1,000 yards rushing, and CeeDee Lamb definitely stepped up as wide receiver one for Dallas this season. Um, it felt like last year they were missing Amari Cooper. This year, uh, C.D. Lamb stepped in, 135 receptions for 1,749 yards. And uh, the thing that's crazy to me, Mike, is this Cowboys team is good, but they look so much faster when they're at home at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, they they are they are a team that that has looked incredibly explosive offensively at home. You look at the the numbers that they've put up and I think their home winning streak is now up to 16 games. I think it was week 1 of last season was the last time they lost at AT&T Stadium. You look at the way their schedule played out. I mean, they the uh they definitely had more of their uh tougher games this season on the road, so I think that that factored into the you know the home road split as well, but uh, but man, they they put up a lot of points. Their their formula at home seems to be to to score early and often, jump on top of teams, and then uh, and then just ride that fast start to uh, to a victory. And uh, you know the Packers have to be ready to handle that uh, potential onslaught early in the game because that's been their formula in, in, at home. 
Yeah, it feels like the Packers' best chance to win might be winning this game in a shootout. Every week on my show, we've been evaluating our young quarterback in Sam Howell. What is your evaluation of Jordan Love this season? I mean, he's he's done he's done everything the Packers could have could have asked for in terms of his development. You know where he's gotten to just in one year. I I think honestly he's even exceeded uh, those expectations. I mean, to finish his first year as a starter with back to back NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors. You know to beat uh, you know two division rivals back to back, one on the road, one at home to uh, to get that last playoff spot. I mean, for him to already have won you know, multiple do or die games here for the, for the season and, uh, and to give the Packers this chance, they couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, he's, he's only thrown, I believe one interception in, uh, in his last eight games. Um, you know, his, his passer rating, you know, has risen all the way up into the mid nineties, which is a far cry from where it was halfway through the season. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's really developed very quickly into, uh, into a franchise quarterback and, uh, he's going to be in Green Bay for a long time to come. Mike Spofford with us here on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline covering the Packers for Packers.com. Mike, what is the atmosphere like here? Uh, in Wisconsin right now this week, I mean, is there belief in the locker room and in the fan base that the Packers can go to Dallas and get a playoff win? Oh, there, there absolutely is. I mean, the, the uh, um, this this fan base has seen whether it's whether it's Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, or uh, you know now it's Jordan Love. This fan base has seen uh, the Green Bay Packers go on the road and and win playoff games when. Um, when nobody's given them a chance, and and my feeling from the locker room is, uh, you know, the, it's, you know, it's kind of a bunch of young guys that in some ways don't really know any better. You know, it's it's like they're they're not they're not listening to what anybody outside is saying about them. They're like, hey, you know, we've we've improved a lot. We still don't think we've maybe hit you know the peak uh, as far as this season goes. They still think they've. Um, you know, still got some uh, some better football in front of them, so they're going to take their shot. I mean, they're not, the, you know, they're they're they don't have the blinders on in terms. Of, I mean, they, they they understand the Dallas Cowboys are a better team than anybody the Packers have faced. You know, in their last what it would be, I guess, five six games. I mean, since Kansas City came to Lambeau Field for that. Sunday night game that the Packers got to win. They haven't faced anybody that good mm-hmm. for a long time, so they know what they're up against. But uh, but is there is there belief they can go on the road and win a game like this? Absolutely. It'll be four thirty p.m. Sunday on Fox NFC Wild Card Playoffs. Green Bay at the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting coaching matchup. Lafleur for the Packers against former Packers coach Mike McCarthy. Now with the Dallas Cowboys, what would you point to as a weakness? In Mike McCarthy as a head coach, <laughs> boy, I that's a uh, um, that's kind of that's kind of a tough one. I guess I guess the the one thing that I, the one thing that I always saw here was more often than not in the Aaron Rodgers era, um, the pa- the Packers defense had you know didn't show up all that well in the postseason, and um, I think that's something that the Cowboys. For all the attention on Dak Prescott, his tremendous season, and Ceedee Lamb, and what these guys are doing offensively with the number one offense in the league, Mike McCarthy's playoff teams have have uh, you know over the course of his time with the Packers got knocked out more often because of bad defense than uh, than bad offense. You know, an off day in in that respect. So. Um, 
that's something that uh, you know that the the, the Packers are going to look to uh, try to keep their own role on offense going, put the Cowboys' defense in some tough spots, and uh, and you know give themselves a chance in the fourth quarter and see what happens. Mike, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time to join the show. Before we let you go, we like to keep it simple here uh, when we're discussing a big sporting event. What's it going to take for the Packers to get a win? Give us the keys to victory. Um, I would say I would, as I said before, you have to you have to handle the early onslaught um, from the Cowboys because I think they're going to come out firing on offense, and uh, um, I think for the Packers it comes down to. Um, finishing drive, finishing drives in the red zone, mm-hmm. um, maybe getting a stop or two of the Cowboys in the red zone. I feel like both of these offenses are going to move the ball. Um, both these offenses are going to score. It's who can maybe, you know, force a field goal here or there and keep a team out of the end zone. And then if the Packers can get one turnover defensively, um, you know, win uh, win the turnover margin even just by plus one. I yeah. think uh, I think that could be uh, that could be the difference in the game and getting the Packers this win. I really hope the Packers can knock out the Dallas Cowboys. Mike, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me on. Yep, that's Mike Spofford, editor for Packers.com. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM here on a thirsty Thursday, January 11th in Richmond, Virginia. Stub, do you have any plans for Thursday night? My buddies say, let's go to New York Deli for karaoke night. I know you like that spot. I like that spot. It's my mom's birthday dinner night. Okay. Going to P.F. Chang's. Have you ever been for karaoke night? I have not though? been for karaoke night. Would you be down to do karaoke on another night? I would be down to do really? karaoke on another night. Because I'm kind of so out on karaoke. It's a little, I mean, it's, you got to, you got to have the confidence. You got to have the be a couple drinks You got to be liquored up. Yeah. yeah to, to really want. And I don't know. I Every time I, I, I think about it, I just can't pick a song. Really? You know, you got to get the right song for the crowd. Yeah. I kind of uh, scarred myself as a kid in front of my my aunt and uncle. I, I sang, uh, "I like big butts and I cannot oh, lie." The other fellas that cannot deny. That's brutal. when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist and a round thing in your face. I get sprung. I mean, I just knew that? the whole song, had it memorized. Didn't know I was going to do karaoke, and I was like, "Screw it! I got to do the only song I have memorized." And, uh, the it only was, song it you was had an, memorized. Yes, it was an awkward ride home with my mom, my dad, my aunt, and my uncle. Thank goodness my grandma wasn't there. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, man. Sir Mix a lot. Not, yeah, yeah. Do you have what it... song do you have memorized? I have a couple songs memorized. Like I, what? I, but I, I nothing's coming to mind now. I I bet it, some of our rejoiner songs are probably in pretty pretty close. Yeah, on, that's true. You know? I, I could probably do Beatles. Thing is, I would be a bad version of Paul McCartney. I know. Yeah, you know? it's just like. Uh, I like there's a couple of like chance songs, but I'm not gonna do a chance the rapper song. Yeah, you know? no. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get booed out of the building. Know, yeah, so it's like uh... <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna text my friends back, say, I'm a no on karaoke. I'm okay, okay with going hey, out on a Thursday, but I'm a no on karaoke. If I if I was coming, you would you would say <laughs> I would, if I, would I, if I said I was in, would you I would be in to watch you make a fool of yourself, but not do it. You know, we did have somebody tweet us and say, hey, part of the producer competition, we should add karaoke. Josh gives me the vibe of someone who, like... Sings? Like, at least, like, to a better degree than me. I, I almost feel like he would screech. 
All right, phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. Open lines on AWOD Radio. You can be the quarterback, the GM, or the head coach of this segment, 833-804-0910. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got uh, Evans in Southside, Richmond. What's going on, Evans? Hey, what's up, boys? Uh, I just wanted to chime in. I wanted to see what if you're comparing Chinese food and you're using P.F. Chang's and grocery store Chinese, then clearly you're not going to the right place. No, that was that, that was that was Stubb. No, right. that was Brian. Okay, that was Brian. We can blame okay, Brian so, for that. So, I've done I've done several spots in Richmond. All right, I've done what's the one in in Carytown that everybody knows? It was China Express or something like that. I've done Peter Chang's. I've done P.F. Chang's. Uh, I've done Fat Dragon. Lucky A. Fat Dragon's good. I really like Fat Dragon. I just think it's more authentic in Northern Virginia. Peter Chang is the one seed by far, and maybe you didn't get the right thing from there, but that place is the best Chinese place in all of Virginia. So are you standing up for Richmond's Chinese restaurants right now? Is that the call? <laughs> I mean, I used, to, I used to live in Nova, and the Chinese food there sucks too. Most Chinese food is not great, but you have <laughs> to find the places that are good, and Peter Chang is indeed incredible. I would argue Sichuan Delight in Burke, Virginia, is a 10 out of 10. Uh, maybe you just didn't go to the spots in Nova that are banging, just like I haven't gone to the good spots in Richmond. I mean, that's fair. I've been to good spots in both. I'm just saying that to paint Richmond with a broad brush, there's also a good place in Bonaire called Tings. Ooh. And here in Southside um, on Jenk Road, it's very cheap but damn good. It's called <laughs> Eat Rice. Okay. No, look, I would I would champion Richmond for everything over Northern Virginia. The traffic's better. Uh, I think the burgers are better. I think the people are nicer. The rent is cheaper. I just would give Northern Virginia the the lead in Chinese food. But Evans, I appreciate you calling in. What is your go-to Chinese food order? Mine uh, is orange shrimp. What? It's like orange chicken, but with I'm shrimp. so out. I'm so out on that. <laughs> like are the you, like the Panda Express me? has that meal, right? Like the they they coat it in whatever sauce. I mean, it's like deep deep fried in a in a delicious orange sauce. Yeah, it's amazing. Ugh, I'd rather go to Bonefish no, and get I'll, their bang bang shrimp. I'll allow that. All right. Um, are all you right. are you a low main or a fried rice guy? I'm a low main guy, but I I, I prefer white rice with with the uh, you know fried shrimp or whatever. But I like low main better. Wow. Huh. Wow. I'm I just don't I just don't agree. I, I mean, I, nothing against you, man, but white rice is so the bang, bland. Bang it's so basic. There. I'll give you that. But white rice is so basic, man. Are you? Please tell me you're pouring a, a ton of soy sauce on top of it. No, you pour all the sauce from whatever your main meal is all over okay. the rice and mix it up. So you make it yeah. like an orange yeah. rice. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, essentially. All right, all right boys. Have a good one. Yep. Yeah, good call, Thank man. You. I appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are always open. 833-804-0910. Here in the burger capital of America, Richmond, Virginia. How about that? I knew we I were going to upset I, some people with that Chinese food discussion. Because everyone was agreeing at first. Yeah. I, I don't What can you do? Yeah. I was at Buddy's last night. Yeah. First, oh, time, first time on a Wednesday, Wednesday that I went there. Yeah. I order my pimento Philly like I always do. And then, like an hour later, they're like, "Oh, it's half off burger night." Uh, I would have got a they burger. Just didn't tell you. <laughs> I would. You know what? That's smart. That's smart waitering, right? Because that so. way you have yeah, a, a larger well, if sum. I, 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 I get. I tip them well. They're very yeah. nice there. I will we say, got, Evans made a great point that 
I do need to go out to Midlothian, Bonaire. I, I need to, you know, spread it around the area more. Yeah. My right? my Midlow Chinese place is Asian Grill. Asian Grill. That's my. I'll give you that one. Okay. That's that's been a go to of the family for years. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Bonaire gets a lot of love in Richmond. Everybody loves Bonaire. I mean, so many people hype up Bonaire basketball. Played like, for the, played Bonaire basketball about yeah. six years. See, in Northern Virginia, that was Burke basketball. Burke basketball was ten times greater than SYC. I was the greatest. Middle school center there ever was. Yeah. No one was taller than me. <laughs> Everybody was could more I, athletic, though. Could, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Could oh, I man. make a shot? No. Did I have five to ten tries each yeah. time? Yes. Did you have any, uh, while well, we're talking food, did you have any dude food news here locally here? Locally, no. Okay, but oh, but uh, nationally? Nationally, uh, I know that some McDonald's have raised their Big Mac meals to $18, and that's making me mad. $18 for McDonald's? For McDonald's? No way. I mean, I, we used to have a uh, bit with my friends here that when we go to McDonald's, it was who could have the most food but also spend under $10. That was the rule. If you spend more than $10 at McDonald's, I'm sorry, but we're calling you a fat ass. That was the rule back in 2015. It's probably not the rule anymore because the prices have changed in inflation. 18? But back, back in college, we were like, if you spend more than $10 at McDonald's, you had a, you had a beer belly. That's what the rule was. <laughs> All right, back to the phone lines, 833-804-0910. We've got Trey on line one. What's going on, Trey? Yeah, what's going on, Adam? What's going on, stuff? Yeah, man, yeah. happy Thursday. What's good? Man, I just jumped in the car and cut the radio on, and I'm dying laughing right now because <laughs> I'm like, man, do I want to get some Panda Express if I want to try out? <laughs> I'm trying to doubt this today. Are you a big fan of Chinese food, Trey? You know, honestly, not really. Um, at like a while back, like when I was in basic, uh, when we got to AIT, it was like it was just Asian food there, like just straight up Chinese, like every day. Someone's ordered Chinese, so I just uh, excuse me, <laughs> my breath. I thought it last week. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, here's, here's just, what I'll say, you know, Trey, with Chinese food for me, it's a slippery slope where I order it once. If I like it. I'm going to end up having it like five or six times that month. Well, what, what you want is one that gives you three meals. Yeah. You know, you order it oh, and they give the you just like, they fill it up. It's overflowing, that, right. that styrofoam thing. That's what you're looking for. Because the reheatability with Chinese food is a 10 yep. out of 10. It might be the, of all the food out there, it, it is, might be the best. It might be the most reheatable. Now, I will say, pasta also really oh, yeah. good because it yeah. once the sauces like really soak in, that's a good one. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. A chili. Yeah. Chili reheats like pretty easily. That, yep. Anything crock pot. It's all, it's basically just being reheated from the start. Right. So my, my mom's pesto terrible the first day, excellent about five days Perfect. later, Perfect. excellent. Trey, <laughs> I appreciate you chiming in. Anything else you wanted to add here? Oh yeah, I got. Oh, uh, I was in Lynchburg yesterday, and actually at the place called uh, Kyoto Japanese Express. They uh, you know went in there. They had, they had some great. Uh, Food. I mean, I know it's not Chinese, but you know the food was great over there. Yeah, no, we Let's check it out. We don't discriminate against yeah. any type of Asian food. We don't discriminate against any kind of food. Yeah, I'm, like, I, I love. We're, we're pretty I all love in on Indian everything here. Indian food, Asian food. Uh, my best friends from Ghana, amazing fufu, great food there, well, food big, and rice. Big Mediterranean guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love oh some yeah. Hummus. Now, now here's Peter the thing. Though. I'm my thing with Mediterranean food is I love it. I will never call it a hero. 
It's always going to be a gyro. I don't care if that's just me being an American idiot. It's a gyro. That, that is you being that's an American what, idiot. That's what that's I was raised it. calling it. Just like just, I called the football team wrong. the Redskins. Just because you were wrong the whole time doesn't oh, mean it's not oh, like they wow. changed oh, it. Oh, wow. Okay. They didn't okay. change what it was called. You were just yeah. wrong. My football team's Redskins. They, my, yeah, they my changed the team name. They didn't gyro. change the pronunciation of a euro. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> a gyro. Oh, uh, give me a euro. No, I think you sound like an idiot if you say that. You say you gyro. sound like an idiot. No, you say gyro. <laughs> You're right. wrong. How am I the idiot? Stop spelling it with a G then. I'm not spelling. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you know what's so annoying? Some Mediterranean places don't put feta cheese on the gyro. That's oh, no, that, the, yeah, that tilts me. You need the feta. That tilts me. Trey, good call, man. We got to run. <laughs> All right. Take yeah. care, guys. Yeah. No, Trey just like produced a whole dude food yeah, segment right there. No, we, had, we had two callers. Yeah, it was we a great call. We're going to do a that dude food. was a great food. call. 833 804 0910. 30 minutes of AWOD radio left here on a Thursday, January 11th.